the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Rob Black Podcast. Check out Rob every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. And now, Rob Black and your money. Call Rob, 1-800-345-5639. Here's Rob Black on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Hey, everybody. It's me, Rob Black, 800 800- Three four five five six three nine to get your calls in there. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine. We do things a little differently on this show. Notice the last show ends and boom, we start straight out of the gate like a bullet. So I tried to do a bullet shot into business for you. I tried to do a bullet shot into your money. I tried to do a bullet shot into your retirement. Something that I've become keenly aware of through the years. At one point in time, I did a lot of talking about tech stocks, and then people would ask other questions, and I would give them answers on that as well. Something I've become very keenly aware of in the last at least two years, and I've been doing this for 15-plus years, having a background on Wall Street, having a background as managing a couple hundred million dollars, having a background of, you know, money. Something I've become very keenly aware of is, as I've combined all this, my goal is to get you to retirement. That's the goal of the show, and I will do that at, you know, dragging, kicking, screaming. My goal is to make money entertaining for you. And, uh, you know, I'm not supposed to start the show and tell you what my goals are, but at times, it's important that I do reset and, and uh, give you where we are mathematically, all things considered. Start the show. Let's do some headline news, shall we? In three. First and foremost, New York Stock Exchange opened as wholesale prices fell in April. That's reflecting declines in energy cost and food cost, which is kind of like a tax break for us because we have to consume energy and we have to consume food. Elsewhere in business news, construction of new homes rose more than expected. So we're happy to start. Started down 13 points, NASDAQ down 15, S&P 500 down 3, the 10-year Treasury note is sitting at 3.44%. Anytime the 10-year Treasury is under 4%, I buy stocks. Anytime that 10-year Treasury gets about 6%, I buy bonds. So I'm accumulating stocks at these levels. Later, I will be accumulating bonds if uh, inflation starts to creep in. And yesterday, I did a, a super-secret, not-so-secret podcast where I talked all about inflation. What is the super secret, not so secret podcast? You can find it at talk910.com, talk910.com. I don't see inflation anytime soon coming. So for me, this is a glorious time to accumulate stocks because I think that 10-year treasury is going to stay under four for a prolonged period of time. So let's get back to the economic news today. The latest on inflation at the wholesale level is nothing to worry about. The Labor Department says wholesale prices fell slightly last month as food and energy prices both dropped. Excluding energy and food, so-called core prices rose two-tenths of one percent. But over the past year, core prices are up just one percent, suggesting little inflationary pressure. And that means the Fed can keep interest rates at super low levels to bolster recovery. When the Fed keeps interest rates at super low levels, it allows companies and countries 
to borrow money at incredibly low prices. And that ultimately is a very, very good thing if you believe the long-term play on capitalism. Our country's moved a little bit closer to socialism in the past 10, 15, 20 years as we've promised more programs. And again, both Republicans are moving towards socialism and Democrats. We're going to have to break that cycle and get back to capitalism. Now, home builders, they were building more last month. Fox News Radio's Chris Barnes has the latest numbers from the Commerce Department. Starts rising by a more than expected 5.8% in April, activity at the highest level since October 2008. However, analysts say this new home rebound could be short-lived. As new building permits fell sharply and the home buyer tax credit, it expired at the close of last month. Now, that's your headline news. And the housing starts is important. The permits are even more important. Housing starts and permits tells you basically blue-collar people are going to go to work. That's a good thing. Now, if you have a home, it's a bad thing because you want your home to go up in value. You don't want another home ever built in the world. You never want another home built so that you have a, you're on the supply side and there will always be demand. We don't really want housing starts to creep up and permits to creep up if you want your home to go up. Now, again, it's on one hand you like it because it creates jobs. On the other hand, you don't like it because it increases supply. That's the basic numbers there. Now, I saw a news story out there today that I want to comment on ever so briefly. And I've put a link to it on our website, talk910.com, talk910.com. And it, it basically is it's a local story, and it says Fairfield parents hope to save school sports. I find this the headline tragic. I grew up playing soccer. I played athletics uh, in all of high school. Um, loved it. Some of my best friends, some of the, my, my ways of bonding with men. I've got a story that I played varsity soccer in ninth grade, and uh, it's the most intimidating story that I, I remember from my, my high school years. You remember trying to ask a girl out and being intimidated and fearing that she's going to shoot you down, but I had to shower with 12th graders as a ninth grader. And most of you don't remember this, but in ninth grade, some boys didn't have a stitch of hair on their body, and in 12th grade, some boys were gorillas. So, in ladies, you may not know this, but... The, the, the thing down there, it, it kind of it drops and gets bigger when you get hit puberty. So I had a little hoo-ha, and I'm showering with guys with big hoo-hahs. And uh, anyway, so when I see this story, middle and high school students in Fairfield, Susan Unified School District are getting sacked. It's tragic. Parents have been meeting weekly to come up with fundraising ideas. So far, they've raised $50,000. But the committee has to come up with 720000 by July 1st in order to pay for expenses like transportation, coaches, and safety equipment. I'm sorry, California, but you are failing the citizens of California. And I'm going to blame the legislature. I'm going to blame all the social programs that are crap. I'm going to blame all the executives and the senators and the congressmen who are getting paid massive salaries. I'm going to blame Nancy Pelosi. This kind of crap can't go on. You cannot cut athletics from a school and then tell parents that you have to come up with another $720,000 after being taxed in the morning and taxed at night and taxed at breakfast and, and taxed on everything in our lives. This is just crap. I mean, this is the biggest, this just, it almost makes me want to cry when I see this. I mean, I loved high school sports. Now, again, I know some of you don't. I know some of you think that they're totally not needed and that's not the mission of our, our high schools and our education system, but... Um, it was one area where I rocked and rolled. I grew up in Europe, and I could play soccer better than any American. And I was a small kid. You know, today I'm 6'2", 220. I'm a big boy. But back then, I was 5'5", five five and maybe 120 pounds. I was, I was tiny, and I would rock these guys who were bigger than me. 
because they didn't have the skill sets that I had. So I remember the glory of just being, you know, women adored me. Guys admired me because I had better skill sets than, than, than they did. Um, losing athletics, I think we're going to lose a lot of America if this continues to happen. It, it's tragic. Let's go to a phone call. Let's go to Jim in Sacramento. Jim. Hey, Rob. I have a question. Um, I own some Visa. What do I do with it? Do I pick up more? I'd sell it and run for the hills. I'd get a <laughs> shotgun and, and, and a blow-up doll. That's a 20 points too late. <laughs> really? I think I picked it up at 80-something. <laughs> and what was your goal? What, what was your goal with it? I was going to hold it for a while. Okay. hoping it'd go up forever. It's going to go up forever. Um, what you're seeing out there today, it's there's a lot of news, and Congress is, is trying to make a good run at helping the consumer. Now, we all know that, that credit cards are evil and credit cards are heinous and that they charge 18, 19, 20, 21, 22%, right? And are we mad at Visa for that? Yes. No. You're mad at Bank of America because they're the ones who's charging it. Visa is just the roads for electronic transactions. All the fees of credit cards and all the, the, the transaction, uh, well, not the transactions, let me correct this. All the interest rates, those are the banks that are screwing you, not Visa. So there's just a massive amount of misunderstanding at this point in time of what's going on. Visa came out today, and this is where I say shame on you, Jim. They came out today and they said that, you know, MasterCard is a formidable competition, but we expect our earnings per share growth this year to be greater than 20%. I would sell my soul. I would cut off my foot for 20% guaranteed, and it's not guaranteed. The CEO, he's, got, he's not allowed to lie. He's not allowed to mislead. And he's saying we're going to get 20% earnings for sure growth this year. Now, it's all about the future. And the more Congress dickers with um, financial regulation, the more problematic that it could be. And, and let me give you a little bit more color on this. Today, Visa CEO, he's speaking at a J.P. Morgan conference. He's saying the interchange rate regulation, and thanks for the call, says it affects everyone in the payment industry. It's got broad scope. He doesn't see much risk for Visa, though. He says there may be some reduction in volume in the short run, although he's not expecting it. In Australia, in Australia, that's my, my worst Australian accent ever, where the interchange rate is regulated in 2003, there was a short-term reduction in volumes, which picked back up later. Now, again, regulating the interchange rate where, you know, a bank could charge 2% for you to use a debit card. Like today, I'm going to probably have lunch at Sneakers. I'm going to go to San Carlos. I'm going to have lunch at Sneakers. And I'm going to use my debit card, and, you know, Sneakers loses 2% of the transaction. I don't. They do. So they're charging the, 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 the merchant. Now, down the road, the merchant's going to charge me, if you think about it. So Dick Durbin's intent is to regulate the acquirer relationship with merchants. Note that the issuing bank receives the majority of the interchange fee in question. Now, to circumvent Visa and MasterCard offering discounts to financial institutions, Visa says that it earns more on any credit transaction than a debit transaction, both pen or signature debt transactions. Now, the higher exposure is to debit, which are three times the transaction. It makes them carry about the same yield in total. So when you eliminate the yield with the danger of debit, you can just go for the transaction cost. Now, after an extensive selection process, Visa has been chosen. It's formally negotiated a deal with State Bank of India. They're expanding their business model. They're acquiring a company called CyberSource. A lot of people don't understand what's going on, so sell it if you want to, Jim. I'm not telling you what the heck to do. I'm telling you, I don't think the story's changed one bit. I hate cash, and I hate checks, and I love tr electronic transfers of money, whether it be through credit, debit, and or the Internet. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800 
345-5639. It's Rob Black Show. Rob Black and your money. Coming up. Mm, I got some business stories tied towards Pfizer. Pfizer fabricates pharmaceuticals. I'll tell you what's up with them in just a moment, though. is Rob Black and your money on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. And now, Rob Black. It's me, Rob Black. It's Rob Black and your money show, 800-345-5639. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-345-5639. Let's go to Nick in Mountain View. Nick. Hey, Rob. Hey, I had a comment on uh, the Visa um, and the point-of-sale transactions. Okay. As a consumer, I go into these, you know, mom-and-pop places and I whip out my debit card or my Visa, and a lot of these mom-and-pops are saying that, you know, they'll offer me a cash discount because if I pay with cash, they actually make more money off the transaction because they're making uh, Visas, you know, charging them so much for these uh, point-of-sale transactions. That is going to become more and more popular? In the 21st century, you're going to see PayPal transactions being accepted at um, point-of-sales transactions. You know, a restaurant can take a, a PayPal account. Um, you're going to see more phone transactions. The phone companies, the Verizon and AT&T, they would love, they would love for you to uh, put your dinner on your, your phone co- account. Um, so I think you're going to see more more odd ways of beating the system, so to speak, and uh you know, Visa is going to have to stay competitive, and Mastercard is going to have to stay competitive and make sure that they figure this out. One of the owners of the Washington Capitals and ex-owners of AOL, a big guy named Ted Leonsis, um, he's invested in a lot of you know 21st century financing companies. So I think you're going to see more and more of it. And uh, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, merchants hate um, American Express because they have the highest interchange fees, and you'll see a lot of merchants don't take it at all. So, and um, you're going to see more and more of the competition come in, Nick. Go Sharks, that's all i got to say. You going to watch the game tonight? Hell yeah. Are you? So, I'm a little nervous. So I, am too. Chica- I am too. Chicago can beat you left, they can beat you right. Uh, that was the one team I wanted eliminated in the first round, and if Nashville could have pulled off that game seven for us, it would have been Stanley Cup victory for the Sharks, but right now, I think that's a tough matchup. Yeah, it so. makes for good hockey, though. Really good physical uh very, very physical game tonight, so it's going to be nice. Yeah, I'm going to watch. I'm not going to get too emotionally invested, because... Uh, until we win one or two in Chicago, it's it's tough to get behind a, a, a prospective loser. And I know you're saying, man, you are a Fairweather fan, and yes, I am. <laughs> Thanks to Carl. I Nick. am too. I only watch when I uh, when it's important. So there you go. There you go. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred three four five fifty six thirty nine to get your calls in the air. I guess this is a story that people want to hear about because um you know people continue to call in with um, questions about what's happening with Visa and the interchange rate and how Congress is suddenly becoming very steel-handed, something they haven't been doing much in the past. New credit card and overdraft restrictions are going to save consumers from being charged at least $5 billion in fees this year alone um, at, at the largest U.S. retail banks and credit card companies. Now, Keep in mind, MasterCard's not a credit card company. Visa's not a credit card company. They just are a transaction company for companies like Bank of America who has the credit exposure, who has the debit exposure. So the analysis is based on institutions, uh, their own estimates, and it comes during a year when new rules are kicking in to address unfair credit card rate increases and steep bank overdraft fees. It highlights the sizable dent these rules will have on an industry blamed for pushing consumers deeper into distress during the recession. Now, Here's the unintended consequence 
So you take away banks' ability to charge more money. You take away for for people with worse credit. Take now again, I I get I get cutting the interchange fee on debit cards because there's no risk. I get it. I get capping it. I understand why Australia did it years and years ago. But the more you restrict banks from changing the rules, the less they're going to lend. And some and some people are going to say. And I got calls from people last year. You know what? What did I do wrong? Why are they canceling my credit? Well, you did nothing wrong. It was your Congress. Your Congress said that they're not allowed to charge overdraft fees. So because they can't screw you anymore, or screw your friend who doesn't pay, or screw your friend who does overdraft, well, then they're not going to give it to you either. So the unintended consequence here is not good um, for an economy that lives on credit, for an economy that lives on transactions. Um, you know, the people that have the 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 exposure here right now to the new legislation, it, it's Citigroup, it's Bank of America, it's J.P. Morgan, it's Wells Fargo, it's U.S. Bancorp, it's HSBC. These are the companies that, that basically fund California. These are the companies that fund you. These are the companies that, that, you know, you say you want to go buy a house, they're involved in that $600,000 transaction. So you don't want these guys to be too penalized. Then again, you don't want them to over-penalize. So I think overdraft fees got out of control. I think banks kind of start getting addicted to that like crack cocaine, and it's unfortunate. Um, long story short, um, unintended consequences here are, is going to be hurtful to the U.S. economy, not helpful to the U.S. economy. Yes, it will help the small man, but it's going to hurt the big man who borrows money. It's going to hurt the small man who borrows money. Anyway, let's change the topic ever so slightly. 800-345-5639. I'm surprised no one's called in with my anger about cutting athletics. And my, my lovely coming-of-age story that I told at the top of the hour. If you missed it, go get a podcast at talk910.com, talk910.com, or go to iTunes and look under Rob Black and Your Money. Rob Black and Your Money. There's also an app for that, the Rob Black Shoe, Rob Black and Your Money. Anyway, um, let's go back to the, one of the top stories of the day. It's housing starts. Um, I want to flush this out a little bit so that you understand the details. Work began on more U.S. homes in April than at any other time in over a year. Now, wholesale prices unexpectedly decreased. Those are the two big stories out there. Wholesale prices decreasing means there's not a lot of inflation. It means the Fed can keep interest rates incredibly low. It means you, who haven't had, got a raise in two or three years, you don't have to continue to fall behind the, the game. Because if there's not a lot of wholesale inflation, they're not going to pass it on to the consumer inflation. There's two indexes, wholesale and consumer. So the middleman would be the wholesaler. So no wholesale inflation, good. It's good, if you know what I'm saying. Now, housing starts rose to 670000 annual rate last month. Now, here's what that means. Do you know how many electricians get employed for 670,000 homes that are being built? Do you have any lumber people? Do you have any paint people, paintbrush makers, uh, Home Depot clerks? That's good. That's good for the economy. There's no doubt about it. The downside is it floods the house, the housing market with potentially 670,000 more homes that we don't need right now. We've already got about 10 million too many homes, so now it's 10.6 million is the idea. Now, permits fell last month the most since December 2008. Now, that's a sign home building will pause after that tax-induced jump in sales boosted companies like D.R. Horton. So this economic news is mixed. On one level, it looks great. Housing starts jump. Yay! We're putting electricians to work. We're putting people to work. People who have saws and hammers, butt cracks, blue-collar people. Um, and again, if they're putting them to work, they're going home and drinking beer. 
after a hard day of sweating down and banging the hammer. Uh, their wife is saying, you know, I need a spa trip. And the wife is getting the spa trip because the papa has the money. He's drinking the beer. She gets off his back. She gets a spa trip. Everyone's happy. The, the masseuse makes money. So our economy is interconnected. But the permits falling last month by the most since December 2008, that doesn't really mean anything to me. I'll tell you why. Because it's out of context. December 2008 sucked. I mean, the housing sucked since 2006, late 2006. We've seen the numbers go awful. So when you see any numbers compared to anything in 2007, 2008, 2009, it, it means nothing to me. Now, again, it's, 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 it declined off of an already low number. You know, do you see what I'm saying? So data is incredibly manipulated. It's incredibly manipulated. I don't trust data. And that's one of the reasons I don't trust people who sell me things. Insurance agents, I don't trust instinctively. Um, financial people, I don't trust instinctively. They will show me a statistic that makes me go, oh, that's sweet. Good. Thank you. You've got my best interest. But then it, it's taken out of context. It doesn't really apply to me. So anyway, bottom line on this economic news, it's encouraging to see starts gain some traction. I invented a word many years ago called gription. It's one of the words that was patented to me. That and murder-related. I invented murder-related and I invented gription. It's encouraging to see starts gain some gription. So, but the decline in permits takes some luster off of it. So there's cost pressures in the pipeline, but they're not leaving the factory. So inflation subdued. Overall, this is kind of a, the type of uh, Goldilocks scenario that, that's okay. It's not too hot and it's not too cold. So I'm a-okay with it. And this gives me some room to, uh, you know, to be a good investor. I don't want to be an aggressive investor. I don't want to overinvest. I don't want to become too cocky with expansion because these numbers aren't cocky expansion numbers. These numbers are not too hot, not too cold. So I want to still be defensive, but I still want my exposure to stocks because we're not getting, we're not freezing it out. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's the Rob Black and your money show. 800-345-5639. World Cup's right around the corner, and I got a winner and I got a loser. No, no, no. Maybe I got two winners on the World Cup. Plus, right now, it's the business of sports on Rob Black and your money. If money grew on trees, he'd be the fertilizer. He's Rob Black on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Remember cloth ties? I hope they never, ever, never, ever, ever, never, ever, never come back. Oh, and I love the people who are like 25 years old listening to the show, and they're like, what's a cloth tie? Yeah, go Google it. Go Google it. All I'll say is, Michael J. Fox, I hate you for ever wearing a cloth tie, because I remember getting getting those myself. Okay, I shall move on. Olay, 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 olay. Let's talk a little bit of soccer. Let's talk about money, money, money. Now, you know me. Everything in my life boils down to do re mi. I see sports. And for instance, we had a call earlier today say, go Sharks. And he says, you know, I don't really watch until the playoffs. And I can honestly, I mean, I don't, I, I guess I sound like an old man here, but sports have really priced the average family out at this point in time. And that's unfortunate because sports are wonderful both to play as well as to watch. It gives us something to bond over. Uh, when you watch a man who, you know, had broken legs in South Africa during apartheid, run under a four-minute mile, it brings you to tears because you really get the human emotion of, of everything. And one of the sports that I absolutely love watching is, is World Cup soccer, and it's right around the corner. And there's some investments tied towards it. 
So, and I hope you and your family will will get involved this year and, and follow the World Cup and, and get your kids out and have them take a look at a uh, um, have them take a look at a, a map and figure out where these countries are from and, and maybe talk about their 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 types of business that they do and type of owners that they do. It's a great bonding opportunity for families. Um, but the World Cup's right around the corner. And when I see World Cup, I think money. When I see, you know, any sports, I, I think money. So Nike's closing in in soccer. I don't know. I'm starting to think about it, but I don't remember where I really first saw Nike in sports as a kid. I guess Nike shoes. I know uh, that, that's where I really first started seeing them. Then I started seeing them. Um, they weren't really in football initially. I, I never saw the Nike swoosh there. I, I saw them a little bit in soccer, and I saw them, you know, definitely a lot in baseball. So later I saw them get into basketball, Nike high tops. Um, they're, they're everywhere now. Nike's in every sport. So even something that you can't imagine as a sport, something like um, cheerleading, they dominate that. Golf, they're a big player there. Volleyball, huge. Hiking, huge. Tennis. Football, um, every sport that you could possibly think of, even swimming, the shark swimsuits, you know, those, those electric uh, swimsuits that you see the freakies, freaky dickies wearing, Michael Phelps. And if you don't think Michael Phelps is weird, there's something wrong with you. That, that kid's got something weird going on in his feet. I don't know what it is, but there's something odd going on. So the World Cup's right here, and it's ole, 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 ole. Nike's closing in on Adidas. And Adidas is hoping that their sponsorships will still preserve their lead. Now, one of the reasons... Basketball great King James, LeBron James, King LeBron James. One of the big reasons he's going to leave Cleveland is because Nike wants him to. There's only so many kids in Cleveland that will wear, you know, Nikes. He has to get to a bigger city. He has to. Like, did you know the Charlotte Hornets once had the rights to Kobe Brown? Kobe, um, Kobe, 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 Kobe Bryant from the Lakers. And they, they traded... Kobe Bryant to the Lakers for Vladi Divac. I know it's like one of the worst trades of all time, but it's because Nike wanted it. And what Nike wants, Nike gets. And if you don't think that there's some sort of collusion going on there, I guarantee you it is. I guarantee it. Nike, you know, spends so much money on these athletics and, and these, these businesses and these sponsorships that they can basically push a move like Charlotte trading a franchise player, one of the best players of all time, for nothing. So... Adidas is trying to remain the world's top soccer brand. They're sponsoring the FIFA world player, Messi. Messi. There we go. And a third of the World Cup teams and the June tournament itself. So Adidas is going to be everywhere. Now, a few months after the 2006 World Cup finals in Germany, Adidas CEO, he was visiting the Kennedy Space Center. And what does ole, ole, ole mean? And he received an urgent call on his cell phone. So the CEO of... Adidas gets this big call. Um, it was the, the, the then general secretary of Germany's national team. And he told uh, the head of, C, of Adidas that Nike was trying to sign the German national team, which had been an Adidas team since 1954. Amazing. Amazing. Trying to get an exclusive sponsorship. Now, Hainer, he determined to retain, he was determined to retain Adidas and the role in the largest soccer brand in, for the German team. So, Every kid in Germany is going to be watching this. And every kid in Germany is going to say, I want those Adidas cleats. They're going to want them. Now, Nike's angle of attack was trying to double the sponsorship. They basically came in and said, okay, we will sponsor the, the, uh, the German national team for, instead of $12 million, we'll pay you $25 million. Just like that. 
And Adidas said, you know, that's hollowed ground, and we gotta we gotta play ball on that. They didn't want that to go away. Sales of soccer products they hit 10.8 billion in the year 2008. So I love soccer because it's it's a a, a game that you could sp- play on a dirt field, on ice, on concrete, on grass, on turf. You could play it in cold, in warm, in heat, in sweat. I mean, anywhere you can play it. It's fantastic. So spending 25 million for a team isn't a lot when you're talking about a business model that's $10.8 billion. And it's expected to surpass that mark this year. Adidas spends $125 million a year on sponsorship deals with FIFA Global Leagues, with six top teams, including the German sports marketing consultant Sport Plus Market. Now, Nike spends about $75 million a year for the right to sell the game-related gear of five leading teams. So Adidas well outspends them. $125 million to $75 million, all so they can brand into that $10.8 billion pie. Now, a run by Germany in the finals would obviously make Adidas stock go higher because we would see the Adidas shirts and the Adidas shoes. Those shirts, those soccer shirts, what do you think they run for? 88 bucks. 88 bucks. And for the record, any man over the age of 18 wearing a jersey who's not playing a game is a loser, whether it's a sports jersey, a baseball jersey, whatever it is. Um, I think grown men wearing jerseys who can't play, just it's, it sells, sells loser all over. So Adidas signed on as a sponsor the entire tournament as a hedge because if they, they put Germany down as their favorite, that's the, the team that they're spending the most money on. If Germany gets knocked out in the first round, it's a disaster for them. So they also had to sponsor the whole friggin' fragging tournament. So if there's an upset and Germany's not there in the finals, they would still have a little bit of piece of pie. Now, again, I like Nike for a long-term patient investor. I don't think it's going to get you in a lot of trouble. I think there's going to be periods of time where you say, curse you, Rob Black, I wish I didn't own that stock. It may be a situation where the Nike shoes are being made uh, you know, in horrific conditions. Little Indonesian three-year-old kids are, are making Nike shoes. No. I like that as a businessman because you don't have to pay a little three-year-old a lot of money. You don't. So they work on the cheap. Now, as a businessman, I like that. As a human being, it's not right. Kids should be out there playing soccer, not making soccer balls. So there's going to be times where Nike gets hit. There's going to be times where it's punished. Long-term investor, if you're 20 years old, buy some Nike, watch the World Cup, make love, sweet love if your team wins. Uh, Be happy. Be free. Go out there and enjoy the world. To get your calls on the air, we could talk athletics, shutting down. In high schools, good idea, bad idea. Should I mean should, our state budget can't afford it, so should we should we continue to fund it? It's a good question. It's a good question. We can talk the business of sports. Whatever you want to talk about, we can talk about that visa story that's out there today. Are you panicked? Are you scared? 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Coming up, Microsoft readies an upgrade for something that nobody really wants or uses. Is there an angle here for investment? You betcha. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Rob Black and your money. 1-800-345-5639. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. That's odd. The bumper sounds a little distorted. You don't hear that every day. It's Rob Black and your money. And I'm Rob Black and... I appreciate you listening to this show, and I appreciate you trying to learn something from the show. I try to show you the business world's not so intimidating. It's not so tough. And every now and then I get a pretty sweet email from you. And 
Let me uh, take a quick second to acknowledge one of those, and it just it, it blows my mind how kind people can be. And this one comes from Laura. She says, your commentary has helped change the fam- my family's consumption habits. I want to thank you for this. While I have not changed grocery stores, I still shop at Whole Foods. I now enter all my grocery store purchases in, into a spreadsheet. I add up the prices for everything before I go to the store. I have a predetermined goal in mind. I cut out purchases to get to my goal. I've cut down about 30% of our grocery costs. Whether I go or my husband goes, uh, we still use this method. And as much as you have been recently ragging on Walmart, I used the same approach when I switched from Target to Walmart. I also cut down the bill by about 35 to 50% using this method as well. Um, call me ghetto all over, baby. Don't mind at all. Secondly, after the BP oil spill, I've decided my family's moving back to Boca Raton, Florida, from Boulder, Colorado. We do this despite knowing that the oil spill will probably enter the loop and move around the Florida Keys and up the Gulf Stream to hit us. We've been watching the papers, and this seems especially likely given today's projections. I've got three comments about this. One, Obama will lose my support if he keeps pushing for oil drilling off the Atlantic. From what I understand, he still intends to do this, but this may just be what a commentator in the Financial Times thinks. Two, I will never buy anything ever again from BP Amico or its subsidiaries. Arco Gasoline, Castrol Oils, AM PM Convenience Stores, or the Wild Bean Cafe. This accident was not an if, but a when, and BP as the main responsible entity should have been putting measures in place. And three, I read in the Financial Times that a Santa Barbara community was going to allow oil drilling off their coast despite what has been 20 to 30 years of oil residue from just a tanker. I have no clue if California is the equivalent of a Gulf Stream moving up or down its coast, but if so, it could potentially have a major impact on the entire coast of California. Cheers. Laura, I think that's one of the most well-written emails I've ever read in my life. First and foremost, it gives me praise, which I love. Second, it talks about her family as taking a targeted approach to continue to eat, continue to spend, but to cut their costs 35 to 50%. Most of our spending is elective. It's discretionary. You know, I drink two sodas a day. That's three bucks. Three bucks times seven, 21 times four, 80 times 12. That's $900 a soda a year. That's discretionary. I could wipe that out and go with water. Do you see where, I mean, people, and $900 a year is half of what you need to save to become a millionaire in your 20s. So in your 20s, all you got to do is cut out soda and coffee, and you'll be a millionaire. If you invest that money, that's the kicker. You got to accumulate that money. So I thought that was a beautifully well-written email. And you know what? Most emails, and I'm guilty of this. Uh, you know, I typically assign my emails Robert and big R, big O, then a small B E R T. Like I type too fast. I don't go back and fix it. There's a lost art of elegance and and charm and and, and courtesy and and just manners. I love reading an email where you can tell this is a cultured person that you would want to have dinner with. I love that. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I push you. I push you. Put a little bit more work in your emails. I'm certainly going to try. And again, I think that was a lovely email, and it really shows you thoughtfulness. And you can do that. You don't like BP? Stop going to AM, PM. Put your money where your mouth is, you know, if, if that's what, what, what pushes you. Now, I tend to say don't do that because the AM, PM owner has kids to feed. But that's me. Okay. Let's move topics, and uh, I think this is a, a fascinating topic as well, and it just goes to show you that uh, the world is, is intriguing. There's a new movie out called Babies, and I highly, highly recommend you go see it. It's almost two hours of four babies, and there's no it's, – it's not directed. It's just babies. It shows you the first year of a baby's life. Now, 
these these families are from four different parts of the world. So one grows up in high-tech Tokyo, one grows up in San Francisco, one grows up in the muddy streams uh, in you know nomadic deserts of the the Nambia. These four kids grow up in, in in two of them in filthy, awful, horrific conditions, just horrific conditions. And two of them grow up with mom and dads who pamper and wash their hands and and put the cleaning gel on and and you know super highly sterile environments. Now the death rate in the the dirty, filthy part of the world is slightly higher than the death rate in the in the wildly civilized parts of the world. So it's not huge, eight in a thousand versus 42 out of 1,000. So 42 out of 1,000 children in Nambia die. But about 8 in 1,000 in the U.S. and only 4 in 1,000 in Japan. So that may seem like a, a huge number, but it, it's statistically small. So health conditions affect birth, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. We can see that in the statistics. But what we're also seeing is now that the cleaner the environment, the sicker the kid. So the cleaner the environment, the sicker the kid. We're too clean with our preoccupation with hand sanitizers and disinfectants and anti-macrobial? How come I can't say that word? Macrobial? I don't know. I'll just say it to that. Microbial. Microbial. Thank you. Um, I think I've had a stroke. (laughs) Anytime I sound stupid, I just say, I think I've had a stroke. You know, some women say, I just had a blonde moment. I just go, I think I had a stroke. Anyway, um, listen to this. Children who grow up on farms have low rates of allergies and asthmas. And you wouldn't think of that, right? Because you've got all the, the dust and the pollutants, right? Having one or more siblings protects against hay fever, asthma, multiple sclerosis, and type 1 diabetes. Another odd little statistic, autoimmune diseases are rare in rural Africa and Asia, but they're dominant when the immigrants from those countries come to the developed world. So... There's something to be said to have a little bit of dirt. Let your kids live dirty. There's a, a, a scene in the movie Babies where this little baby is like basically in a chicken pen, pen, a chicken pen, a pen of chickens. And you know what chickens do, right? They crap. They, they, they poop. It's filthy. It's, it's nauseating. And that kid's got a better lifestyle than a kid in San Francisco as far as, um, you know, eczema and asthma. As far as uh, the type 1 diabetes, it's, it's just, like, for instance, infants who attend daycare during the first six months of their life have a lower incidence of eczema and asthma. Rates of asthma are higher in West Germany than East Germany. Now, East Germany's got the worst pollution, worst pollution. West Germany, not so much. So it's telling you that parents, let your kids get dirty on occasion. Let them eat sand. Don't freak out about it. I'm not a big fan of hand sanitizers. I will say this. Uh, anyone who doesn't wash their hands in bathrooms, I look at you and I go, ooh, that's gross. Bathrooms, good, 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 good. But for the rest of the day, I don't think you have to go crazy with hand sanitizer. I think hand sanitizer is going to kill the world. I know you're saying, Rob, you don't believe in Bigfoot. No, I do believe in Bigfoot. Bigfoot's a big guy in Jersey with a big old hairy back. Um, I don't believe in UFOs. I don't believe in conspiracy theories. I think Oswald acted alone when he killed Kennedy. But I do believe um, hand sanitizer is going to kill the world. I don't know. I just, I'm just throwing that out there for you because I'm pretty darn convinced about that. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. I already did a story about how Fairfield parents are going to have to come up with $720,000 by July 1 in order to save athletics in the school district. 
Now, the, one of the headlines today in the Examiner, San Francisco Examiner, and I only throw that out there. I know some of you in the East Bay and the Peninsula and, and Moran go, I don't live in San Francisco. Why are you talking about it? Because this is coming to you. The headline, and it pisses me off to see, taxes seen as solution to fix city streets. Uh, 20 taxes or fees are the options being considered right now to repair the city's pothole-pocked streets after years of neglect and politicians failing to fund repairs. For decades... I love the examiner because they don't refer to San Francisco, San Francisco. They refer to it as the city. The city, and it's capital T for the and capital C for city. The city failed to spend taxpayer dollars on the upkeep of San Francisco's 850 mile of roads. And it's worsening. The city needs to spend about $750 million to keep um, the streets going and, you know, just keep them going. So how are they going to fix it? Are they going to cut their salaries? Are they going to cut programs that, that, that aren't effective? Now, they're going to add new taxes. So street-related lawsuits increased about 17% in the last two years, costing the city 634000 in payouts. So if you get in a car accident because there's a pothole, there's this, this pothole and you, you have to swerve to miss it and you, you run over some kid, in your lawsuit, your lawyer's going to say, let's go after the city. So the city is losing money. They're not funding anything. And the only thing they can come up with is, let's raise taxes. So our, our streets are pathetic. The city needs $750 million during the next decade to improve streets to an to a, a appropriate score. Um, the city would need to find as much as $500 million, and what they're thinking about it is taxes. There's a conditional general tax. This conditional general tax, the city would be able to collect an annual general tax, sales, payroll, utility, general parcel taxes. Citywide benefit assessment districts, where the, this is going to create an assessment of new taxes. Parcel taxes, potentially based on a trip generation, levy a special parcel tax on all property owners, potentially based on the amount of the vehicle trips their property generates. So it's just horrific. I don't think it's the right way to solve anything. Uh, more taxes, because ultimately, what you get, at some point in time, you tax people out to exhaustion. So we're at the point now in Fairfield where parents have to fork out seven hundred thousand dollars to have their kids stay, you know, do after school athletics. So I, I think that's right. I think the state of California, I think the city of San Francisco is failing us miserably. And it's the politicians. The system is wrong. It's broken. It's overfunded. It's bloated. We've got to downsize our government. And that's my political comment of the day. You get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's take a quick look. We've got the Dow down 61. The Nasdaq's down 26. The S&P 500's down 10. Oil's rising a little bit after a couple weeks sell-off. Um, huh. I guess that's about it. That's, that's what I'm seeing there. You get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black and your money show. Coming up, we got headline news. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.